What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. So today, I'm following up on my previous podcast about Emory Smith's dive into the deep underground military bases where he worked and uh, assisted aliens in uh, laboratory environments. So, in... In a lot of different aspects, Emory Smith is very fascinating, okay? He's worked in Sandia Labs, Los Alamos Labs. He's worked in underground military bases, top-secret, high-tech, alien-tech bases. Now, what's interesting is, as I alluded to in the last podcast, he stated that in these deep underground military bases, that there are different levels where different alien species are allowed. It's based on their need to know. So if they need to know some information, they'll be allowed on a certain level, okay? A lot of these these bases have multi-levels underground. Sometimes they can have thir- up to 30 to 50 different levels, okay? We've heard of Nightmare Hall, right, um, in uh, New Mexico, where uh, they've been creating different entities and these entities are screaming in pain and agony and that's why they call it nightmare hall because they're they're doing dna manipulation and that's on the eighth floor of that base but in emory's case i don't believe i don't believe he worked on in that base um and that that one's uh in dolce um the one that he worked in is in new mexico as well uh, but sandia labs and a few others so in his base he talks about the need for different floors to have different heights, different widths, and different dimensions in their structure and integrity so that they can have different species maneuver about these levels. So different species have different requirements, right? Some are 8 feet, some are 13 feet, um, most are slender. However, some are very thick and wide. And in the case of Emery, he talks about a species that's a very ancient species that is working on historical and spiritual ideations and problems that we have to face and that we are working on together um, in, in a think tank, okay? Now think about, think about this just for a second. This is just one idea, right? Is that how can we make society not crumble when we find out about extraterrestrials and it's announced from the government how does the government not lose its power over the people and its and its authority um from its very highest point with the presidency all the way down through congress all the way down through police officers right because this entire time we've been lied to from from the very top all the way down to the very bottom with governors and mayors 
lying to us. Just look at Fife Symington, who lied about uh, his knowledge of the Phoenix Lights in 1997. I mean, all these different people who are authority figures will be basically having their authority ripped away when the truth comes out. Um, and so that might be just one of the many problems that I, I just have an idea that, you know, that they might be working on. Nonetheless, let's get into who and what they are. So Emery stated that they are a very tall, but also very strange looking species that's working on these problems with, with human scientists and theologians and things like this. This species looks like a pterodactyl with a very long, elongated head and very elongated, um, you know, nose type, you know, full face being pulled forward. So what I imagine in his description is, remember in Beetlejuice when Alec Baldwin and uh, Gina Davis were pulling their faces out for, um, for their caseworker trying to look scary? And Tim Burton did a fantastic job on the claymation for that. Well, that's exactly what I imagine these things looking like. They have their heads just pulled out in very extreme fashion, just like a pterodactyl would have. And Emery states that these things do look like pterodact pterodactyls with wings and are tall, but they are bipedal and walk on two feet. But they require so much area to maneuver around in that they required their own level to have access to tools, access to facilities and things and places to sleep and things like this. But the head, just the head alone is three to four feet, um, you know, long. So imagine that for a second, you needing to walk around an entity like that, you, that, that entity needs a lot of space to maneuver around in. So what we're used to as humans of having, you know, we can maneuver around and kind of, you know, wedge ourselves in between other humans if necessary these guys can't because they have these humongous heads they have huge wings and they gotta maneuver around other people and, and their own species as well so it's fascinating that these bases require these kinds of of, of facilities to basically uh, allow these different species to walk around so now that we've kind of narrowed down the species itself uh, Emery stated it is a very ancient species. Uh, he wasn't aware of where they were from, whether they were terrestrial, uh, you know, and have evolved from pterodactyls or if they were extraterrestrial. My idea is that they are extraterrestrial because during the war that eliminated the dinosaurs, the only, uh, only lizard-like creatures that survived were able to go underground. So unless this species is an inner earth species, um, from many, many different species are inner earth species, unless it's an inner earth species, it has to be extraterrestrial in my opinion, just because that war eliminated the capability of any species to survive on the surface of the planet due to the massive explosion, uh, in Chicxulub. So here we have this very, very interesting species that, you know, has a humongous head, three to four feet. That's enormous brain capacity as well, right? When you think about brain capacity on the planet, on our planet, we have large brains, but dolphins have basically a double brain system. Um, they have kind of like a Y brain instead of just a, a mass brain. They have two brains that kind of connect together, almost like a, a heart looks like. Um, and so in brain capacity, 
a three to four foot long head would have a humongous brain capacity. So these guys would be able to have the capability of, of growing their brain over time, understanding problems, understanding how to solve complex spiritual issues, complex historical issues. Um, and we know that the government has the capability to do time travel. We've, we've heard stories from Andrew Basiago. Um, he talked about even uh, one of our presidents being part of that program um, with him. And he and other individuals who have talked about working on like the Philadelphia experiment and then some experiments after that, uh, the Montauk chair and, and other experiments of time travel. So wouldn't it be interesting if this species, this pterodactyl-like species who was reported by Emory Smith to be working on historical problems, working on historical problems and then utilizing our time travel capabilities to go back and fix those problems? Wouldn't that be fascinating? Because let's face it, if we have time travel and we can go back and fix some problems, maybe we can solve some of the problems that we are facing now, right? With, um, with, with the, uh, the warmth that the earth is facing, you know, the global warming, um, and our pollution and things like that. Or maybe they went back in time to change our civilization and our, the method of thought with which, you know, we've grown accustomed to. Maybe they can go back in time and change wars and change the minds of people, you know, start teaching them differently so that by the time that we get to now, the present now, we've evolved to a less warmongering civilization and more of a peace-loving and giving to others more civilization. You know, um, many of the, the great philosophers um, and many of the alien abductees that have come back have stated that we need to become a more than 51% giving to others society in order to ascend and become more spiritually enlightened uh, closer to what would be required by the Galactic Federation to have a seat at their table. So this is a huge problem that might need to be solved by these pterodactyl-like uh, creatures with our assistance, going back in time, changing the thoughts and minds of humans, teaching them a different way, teaching them, you know, meditation, how to take care of each other, how to stop wars, and instead of having wars working together, Maybe not overpopulating the planet. Maybe um, having certain civilizations become, you know, more dominant because they're more peacefaring, you know, and, and kind of working with the past to create a better future. Um, it's interesting to think about. Um, there's a lot that can kind of be said to, to that end. You know, some people might say, well, that's that doesn't make sense because then, you know, why wouldn't the greys just go back in time and do hybridization with their own people and then stop their planet from being destroyed and things of this nature? Well, maybe there are certain things that we can stop and maybe there's certain things that we cannot stop. For example, the Martians who, through the Mars Observation uh, CIA uh, document, states that they, they were unable to save their planet. And they were highly advanced, highly, highly advanced, seven to 10 feet tall, um, you know, communicated through, through telepathy. And, and they tried to find another um, planet to live on, but they couldn't save their own. So wouldn't it be interesting if we can't save Earth either, but we're trying to 
buy ourselves some time by changing things in the past. That would be one of the things I think that the pterodactyl species could be working on. What else could they be working on? Helping us ascend from the present until the future, helping us ascend um, as a species quickly, right? Um, you know, we've already changed, started to change from, you know, a lot of gas vehicles to maneuvering into uh, better miles per gallon, electric vehicles, cleaning up the planet, trying to clean up the planet, and, um, and trying to ascend spiritually, right? Becoming more understanding of people of different interests, of people, understanding of people with different religions, people of no religions, just being kind to each other and, and, and how to facilitate that could be one of the spiritual things that they're working on. It could be so many more, so much more, you know, than we can even imagine. You know, maybe I can't, and you can't even imagine all the information that, that they're working on because we're still, we're still like in our infancy when it comes to spirituality, we're still developing. So I think that there's a lot more to be said for this, this very interesting and fascinating species and what they could be working on. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Just think about it f for one second. Everything I've said has been really from the humanistic standpoint. Well, what if there's so much more spirituality out there than just the humanistic standpoint? We are only one species and I'm thinking of it from a humanistic standpoint. What if we have something that we can give to them that we can help them work on as well. What we found with a lot of abductees is that the greys, when they create these hybridized babies, they require our love and our compassion to touch these babies, to, to hold these babies, to cradle them, to love them. Wouldn't it be interesting if we also have uh, an element of emotion that they require to further their own spiritual ascension? And through working together, we are both gaining advancements for our own societies. I think that would be something worth working on, something that is really, really fascinating. Um, because it can't just be all about us, right? We have to be able to kind of give and take. We have to barter, right, with these different species. They're not just going to come down and save us. You know, we have to save ourselves too. So we have to kind of give and trade. And it seems like in a lot of cases, we have something to give. We have emotions to give and love to give. And while some species have told alien abductees that they're surprised that we haven't killed ourselves off because we are so uh, controlled by our emotions, some of those emotions have proven to be required by the greys who are creating these hybrid babies and required by other species as well. They're fascinated by our culture and by who we are. And they state, some of them have stated to uh, alien abductees or human abductees, whatever you want to call them, humans who've been abducted, that, uh, that we have so much potential within us that at, we as a species are very creative. We're very, very creative and we're very able to solve problems if we're able to focus on the problem itself instead of being egotistical and looking at it from our own perspective to solve the problem in a more holistic way. We're not only solving the problem for ourselves, but we're solving the problem for the other party. And that's really valuable in the long run of, of humanity, as well as 
our run in the, the Galactic Federation and our and other species run uh, uh, for their race, for their their ability to survive. So isn't it interesting that we might need each other? What's fascinating is is that, and I'll get into this in another podcast, is that yeah, I might have already alluded this to before, but there is a base outside of Jupiter, um, an intergalactic base where commerce is done, and many different species come there to partake in, in uh, intergalactic trade. So they'll send an ambassador and talk about intergalactic trade and what, we, what one species has to offer another species. It's interesting to find out what we actually are really good at. And I'll, I'll tell you maybe in the next podcast. But um, so it's obvious that there's there's intergalactic trade. There's there's items that other species have that we need and and, and items that, they, that we have that they need. Um, and so it's fascinating to see that we need each other. The point is, is that we need each other. Aside from physical objects and physical items, we need each other emotionally, spiritually, physically to stay alive and interconnected. And many people will tell you this if they've had a near-death experience and come back, or sometimes they've had a transcendental meditation experience where they've been able to see these energy connections in between people, in between plants, in between animals like auras blending together, but seeing how the entire picture of us existing, the plants existing, other people existing, and how we work together uh, as a cohesive one, not just on this planet, but also with other planets and intergalactically. I'll leave you with that, but I hope that brought some light into, into your, you know, corner of the world so that you could you could understand it you could kind of see you know the perspective of of these fantastic creatures that might be helping us solve some of earth's greatest questions and and greatest philosophies and uh greatest advancements spiritually um if there's anything you can think of you know that they might be helping us with i'd be interested in hearing about it put your comment in the comment section of anchor i'm going to leave uh it open um there's a clickable button there where it has a little question mark and you can click on the comment and community section of each podcast that has it and you can leave a comment. So I'd love to hear what you have to say and hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you guys are taking care of yourself spiritually, emotionally, physically, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. There's a huge universe out there and got lots of questions for it. Till next time, guys, take care and Lockdown Universe out.